0: Uh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Welcome
1: to Molecules I've Ingested, Episode Three: Ayahuasca and Hitler. How are you doing today?
0: Oh my gosh! Is that the title? <laughs> yep,
1: yeah, that's the title of it. Cool. Um, I'm
0: great. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Um, how's life across the road?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Busy. You know. Yeah. Yep.
1: Summer is turning into autumn. Have you noticed your leaves yeah, changing? Uh,
0: well, yes, they've been changing for a while, actually, uh-huh. but earlier yeah. than usual. It's You're a little clean. higher
1: up the hill than me. I'm down here with the plebeians. Yes, yeah. that's
0: right. We definitely feel the cold first. Yeah. Um, but I like autumn. Best place to be in autumn.
1: I agree. It's beautiful. So many kinds of trees. They change colors. We, we normally do our photo workshop in the middle of autumn, but because of COVID, you know, you can't. I'm just skipping this one. Yeah. So I'll just enjoy it by myself. Who <laughs> <laughs> is that melodic voice you hear chirping away? That would be Harriet, uh, my buddy and neighbor right across the street here in Queenstown, New Zealand. Uh, She is a voice actress, and she always asks the right kinds of questions, so she's perfect for this show. Okay, so have you ever heard of ayahuasca? No. Really? Never. It's okay. What is
0: it? could could be anything, literally. Yeah. could be anything.
1: That's great, and that's why you're the perfect co-host for this. (laughs) You get to ask me all the Dumb or good questions <laughs> that the common person would have, because most people really haven't heard of it. No, you know. Um, have you heard of Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I have. Okay, right. Okay, so we'll start the story here. All right. So I arrived at this Boy Scout camp. Okay, and by the way, this is over in the U.S., mm. uh, where this is actually legal in many places because it's considered a bit of a uh, religious ceremony
0: so sorry uh, it's illegal
1: no it's legal it's
0: legal yeah
1: right. in many places in the u.s oh
0: this thing that you're about to tell me
1: this yes thing. right right
0: so hang on were you a boy scout at the camp or a leader at this camp
1: i was neither okay. this just where that, this was the venue for the event oh right right
0: <laughs> i thought you were on right. boy, Sc- boy scout
1: well i was wondering also why a bunch of boy scouts would want to do ayahuasca um uh, but um and in terms of religion it's not like christianity or anything it's really no religion right it's not like scientologists do this but i think all scientologists would do this and they would realize what the fuck have i been doing is this <laughs> yeah. a giant waste of money so
0: ayahuasca as a uh as what?
1: well we'll get into that okay we'll sorry that. i'm just like is it a yeah. thing is it a oh, um you'll, you'll see you'll see i'm just jumping the gun. yeah that's all right um but you know i don't know if you know this or not but the boy scouts was inspired by hitler youth
0: Oh, that's so disappointing. Yeah,
1: and Baden Powell, who's the founder of the Boy Scouts, um, actually, there's a great Christopher Hitchens article I link to that shows all the ties between, you know, how this guy loved Mein Kampf. He wanted to merge oh, some of the sects. He was a big fan of Mussolini. You know, he had all the World War II Axis trading cards. He even had Goebbels and the super rare Mangala. He was a big fan.
0: That's so disappointing. I was yeah. a Girl Scout, and now I'm ashamed. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> It's terrible.
1: Um, so, okay, anyway, so, so we arrive at this Boy Scout camp, and the very first thing we saw was this really nervous bearded man crossing the grass. Uh, he didn't seem to know where to go, but he was, like, super scared. Okay, we're like, that's great, pal, but where are we supposed to check in? Uh, we'll call this nervous bearded man Beardy McBeardface, okay? He'll show up later in the story as a minor character. (laughs) Um, speaking of bearded men, um, do you watch much porn? <laughs> um,
0: not so much these days.
1: <laughs> All right. Okay.
0: Why is that?
1: Well, Weird. Uh, <laughs> good question. Because, you know, as a result of the ayahuasca ceremony, people have like changes in their life, you know, sometimes, not always. So like sometimes people just stop drinking alcohol entirely. And I talked to a couple other people. And then one side result of this is that, like, I don't watch porn anymore. Oh. Right? Good. Which was an uninvited consequence of it.
0: <laughs> uninvited. Yeah. So you were slightly gutted.
1: Yeah. But you like, Man, with it. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do with these other three hours of my day now? <laughs> oh, my Be productive? Uh, actually, during COVID, you know, I was stuck here alone. So I was oh, like, gosh, well, tell me. I should try some new porn categories <laughs> and wind my horizons. Because there's so many categories. Anything on well, make Sure there are. So I, I started looking into the foot fetish thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I'll get into it. You know? People seem to like it. There's a lot of variety. I'm not
0: sure it's something that you can like. It's not like an acquired taste, is it? Or is it? I don't know. Well,
1: I was going to see if I could acquire the taste. Right. Um, I didn't, you know? <laughs> After watching a thousand videos, I was like, I'm not. I'm not into this, I don't think. But then I did I did psychoanalyze the foot fetish thing. Yes. Do you want to hear my psychoanalysis? Please. Okay. Then we'll get back to the ceremony soon enough. This is just a little aside. So uh, I noticed that like almost all the videos just had women's feet in it. You never see men's feet, mm. right? Not just because men's feet are generally more disgusting. Mm. Do you see mine? I did
0: not look. Oh, lovely. Yeah,
1: yeah I had them painted. Uh, yeah, it looks like blue. you
0: need a, a new. I need a bit new of coat a refresh. soon. Yeah, refresh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't send me into another thing, spiral Harriet I <laughs> just okay. got a bit of regrowth yeah <laughs> okay anyway. so uh it's just women's feet and so here's, here's my theory is that men you know were once young boys and they spent you, you have a young son you know it's like they crawl around on the ground from and they're low to the ground for like two to five years old right Two to or four, or something like that. Yeah. And so they're always on the ground and they're always near their mom's feet.
0: Uh-huh. Right?
1: And they yeah. crawl to their mom's feet just wanting to get a hug or something. Mm. But the mom is busy. She's on the phone or, you know, she's on Facebook or cooking or whatever. And she's too busy to give them a hug. Right? And so now that they're older, they equate women's feet with the love they did not get from their mom.
0: Oh my goodness, mm. May.
1: What do you. Do you think that's a crazy theory?
0: Well, I mean, like, not entirely. As you started, I was like, this is nuts. But then, you know, like, maybe. It
1: could be. Goodness knows.
0: I mean, it's a weird fetish, right? So, I mean, it has to come from somewhere, and I guess that's yeah. you know, as good as theory as yeah. any, So,
1: I guess I don't have that. I got love from my mom.
0: So you don't... Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good so on you, Mama Ratcliffe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. So, okay, back to uh, the Boy Scout camp. So, yeah, I was ceremony. So there was this big uh, scout hall where I guess all the scouts would get together uh, to get their patches on, you know, like arsonist patch or the beaver liquor patch oh goodness, or man. all these kinds of things. What? A lot of stuff happens in the forest at these Boy Scout camps, <laughs> you know. So the room was this big room with light-colored wood, and it still had the sweet, sweet smell of young boys on the air. Oh,
0: this stop. <laughs> stop. Okay. Oh, Kitty. gosh.
1: See, that's the thing you never know when I'm, I'm kidding swishing, or not. just like,
0: you uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I don't know when you're kidding yeah. or not. I guess Actually,
1: that... everything I say in here is 100% true, except for a few things here and there. Embellishments. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so around the outside, setting the scene here, around the outside of the scout hall are there's cushions and pads where people would sit up their own little area. Because there's like 30 people doing this, okay? Um, so the leaders had these really lavish cushions that were adorned with all sorts of blankets and beads and... Richly festooned pillows. Uh, in fact, uh, in front of them, like they had all, like extra stuff, like leather-bound journals, more beads, bottles of fluid, what small <laughs> small jars of mysterious dust, little musical instruments, and oh. candles. Uh, some even had like gongs or wooden statues. One woman had something that looked like a wooden vibrator, but I didn't think it was one. I wanted to ask her, <laughs> but I wanted to know that I was taking this seriously. <laughs>
0: You could have just said, what is that, rather than, is that a vibrator? (laughs)
1: See, I should have had you there as the angel on my shoulder. Um, So one of the ladies organizing it uh, told me that I could place any musical instruments I had brought in front of me. I told her I didn't bring anything much, just a grand piano, (laughs) which I was going to wheel in. Um, She, but her eyes got big when I said that. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, so I just brought two blankets and two pillows, oh, and a bucket Uh, My bucket was translucent. had little festive flowers painted on the outside. Um, I borrowed it from one of my daughters. I was thinking, oh, if she could just see her dad now, she'd be so proud. (laughs) Um, So everyone had to bring a bucket for the funnest part of the night, vomiting. Uh, We'll get into that. It reminds me that no one likes vomiting. You never meet someone and say, hey, what are your hobbies? They rarely say vomiting. But if you ask a shaman what their hobbies are, they'll say vomiting (laughs) with a straight face, and then they'll vomit on you.
0: I do think um, <clears throat> people, you know, can tolerate it to, to varying degrees though. Like I cry if I'm sick. Do you? Yeah. I hate it so much I just cry. Whereas some people like, you know, can have a spew and just be on their way and they're fine.
1: Yeah. You know, I like so... <laughs> don't like to hear about you crying here. You don't like to hear me about oh, me crying, sorry. This is the official unofficial warning. I am not promoting the use of any of the molecules I discuss in each episode of the pod. Many of these, but not all, are illegal, depending upon where you are. I may make specific references in certain episodes, but this is a boilerplate official warning. Additionally, should you decide to try anything, it's always smart to talk to your doctor. Doctors have heard everything. Believe me, don't be shy they'll tell you basically the same thing I'm telling you. Many of these are illegal. It drives these substances underground where unscrupulous people may cut or mix drugs with very dangerous toxins. Know your sources, be responsible, have a plan, talk to your doctor, be smart. Again, I am not endorsing any of this, but I thought it best to supply this kind of messaging on the pod. Now, back to the story. Okay, so let's back up to the original question: What is ayahuasca? Okay, well, it comes from South America. Um, the active ingredient in it is uh, DMT, uh, dimethyltryptamine. Uh, so that's the active molecule, and it's a brew that's made out of combining a vine and a shrub. They have these, you know, very esoteric Latin names.
0: So it's herbal.
1: Yeah, it's all natural, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so out of the hundreds of thousands of plants um, down in Peru and all these places, the combination of these two is almost uh, impossible. So one of them contains the DMT, but if you just swallow that, that vine by itself, it won't activate, like your stomach acid will eat it up and it will never be, become active. But by combining it with this other shrub, it gets it all the way down into your intestines where it can be absorbed into your blood system.
0: So this is an, they discovered this like how long ago?
1: Oh, thousands and thousands of years ago. It's been around forever. And there, you know, there's some mystery as to how they figured out how to combine these. Because if you're into combinatorics, it's like in the billions of possibilities of combining all these possible plants to find this magical little formula. So some people think it was like a, a shaman that was using another kind of hallucinogenic frog. And that gave him the vision to combine these two. Some people speculate that this is a bit of a crazy one that it was aliens that came down and like showed them how to mix these two roots together. Mm. Or maybe the aliens were like future versions of humans that came back to rewind time, be- begin to try to like uh, spread consciousness and spread this ancient technique to increase human consciousness and kind of reverse the direction of the world. Don't so, know.
0: Yeah, no. They're all really possible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: I have this theory that. What's going on in the world is there's this kind of global secret war. War is a bit bombastic of like consciousness versus unconsciousness. And you can very easily see unconscious activity all around the world. So maybe if we can slowly spread human consciousness, people will just calm down a little bit and be more in touch with the earth and be kinder, more full of love and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You know,
0: I agree. We've had this
1: conversation before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So this is a four day, three night event. Uh, I found out about it from a yogi friend. Once you kind of get plugged into this network of some of these plant-based ancient medicines, uh, you find good ceremonies are happening all the time. Um, You know, just in case you're tired of vomiting at home alone and want to vomit in in front of a bunch of strangers. Um, So I set up my pillows and blankets. Uh, I went around and found my bunk room. I was with a friend. Uh, We'll call him Sparkles. Uh, It was also Sparkles' first time, so we were kind of nervous. Uh, We decided to bunk together. Uh, So we went to our bunkhouse, we set up our little sleeping bags and stuff. It was going to be a long, cold night. We weren't even sure there would be any sleep at all. We didn't know what was going to happen. So we met the man and the lady in charge. Uh, They were cool. They were wearing these ponchos and excited to see me in sparkles. Uh, The male shaman leader, who we'll call Excalibro, (laughs) uh, uh, asked me to come outside with him for a discussion. I thought I was in trouble because I had just joked with this girl beside me. I was just arriving. She said, where are you from? And I said, oh, I'm from the fifth dimension of Aquarius. <laughs> so yeah, I thought I was in trouble because he overheard this oh. <laughs> ridiculous comment. But that was just my guilty conscience talking. He just wanted to get to know me, find out why I was there, um, ask him about my journey. I told him about my journey over the last 15 years, probably starting at Burning Man, about opening consciousness and loving, and it's been accelerated by molecules and plant medicines. Um, I told him I've tried DMT over a dozen times. Uh, there'll be a separate episode about that, um, which is similar to ayahuasca in a few ways that I'll get to. Um, so he asked me some safety questions, you know, see if I had any history of psychosis like a, or a really badly messed up childhood. I said, well, I was d- divorced, but, you know, nothing too traumatic unless I repressed it. <laughs> you know, Tim Ferriss has a good podcast where he talks about his first ayahuasca ceremony, and he had repressed. Um, he had repressed being like molested mm. by an older kid or something. And he said he remembered everything with exact clarity, like oh. the way the couch was, the shag carpeting, oh the goodness. stairs.
0: But he didn't remember any of this until this. Ceremony. Until this happened, oh yeah. So
1: he had. He had. Uh, he didn't even know it. if he. Right.
0: Like this guy's asking you if you have any. Rep- repressed memories or whatever you're like i don't know how do you know (laughs) exactly how do you know shaman it's a tough question to answer
1: poor poor guy yeah and uh it's actually a really good episode from tim because he talks about how this resulted in lots of negative behaviors as an adult yeah right Right. so it wasn't
0: positive necessarily right yeah yeah Yeah. which is what you're kind of doing it for though
1: right yeah exactly Mm -hmm. um so then the shaman asked me if i had any drugs in the last six weeks and i said well of course um, I said, but not much. I said four weeks prior, I had about a hundred milligrams of MDMA one night and then 50 milligrams of mushrooms, psilocybin the next. And he wasn't worried about that. I did not tell him that I just smoked a bowl of crack in the back of my van. <laughs> I don't think that was any of his business.
0: <laughs>
1: <Cool>. <laughs> so I started meeting more and more people. Uh, I tease in that they're all hippies, but they're actually my kind of people, all very huggy and loving. Uh, the lady that was sat just to my right, her name was Dawn. Uh, she was also new to this. Uh, they brought her in a chair to sit in because she was a bit older and had some knee problems. Um, so now she had a chair and a mattress. She was slowly, like, encroaching into my territory. <laughs> uh, she made the first joke and said she might ask for a <laughs> chest of drawers. I said, go ahead, why don't you just put it in the hot tub and a tennis court while you're at it? <laughs> Um, so I was starving at this point. Um, there is a, uh, preparatory diet that you're supposed to follow, um, pretty strictly beforehand. Um, it involves no alcohol, um, no meats except for maybe fish, um, no spices, uh, just lots of veggies and real health, probably the same way you kind of eat normally, Mm. you know? Um, Clean. Yeah, because they like you to go and clean and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah,
0: especially, especially for the vomiting, I imagine you don't want to be vomiting up spicy food.
1: No, you don't just eat a whole... But, like a...
0: So, is there anything in your stomach, though, when you're there?
1: Because no. you're supposed
0: to be vomiting all night or whatever. And...
1: Yeah. No, there's nothing so, in your so stomach. So is it just
0: bile? Aren't you? Just I'm
1: sure. Wa- yeah, just water, <laughs> you know. Um, okay, so you're supposed to also do prep work on your intentions. You know, what are your intentions to kind of get your mind right ahead of time? My intention was to have uh, better relationships with those close to me, including myself. Because I think I do have good relationships with people around me and a really good relationship with myself. But they could always be better, you know. We all have blind spots and stuff. So I was like, how can I improve this stuff? Okay, so um, I come back from my bunk for the big show. I'm a bit nervous. I'm walking with this lady from London. She's wearing this big, thick, colorful scarf, and it looked like it was from South America. I asked her if it was Peruvian. She nodded yes. And then I said, Well, I approve Ian, of that scarf. <laughs> to which she just oh, gave me a confused so nod. So
0: many jokes, Trey.
1: <laughs> I, I don't really like puns, but <laughs> come <You> on. Don't? <laughs> That's not a bad one. Okay. Okay, so getting going now. So everyone sits in a circle. Uh, people get up to go to the bathroom, fearing it may be their last chance. We begin with hape, or rap-ay. Um, It's a mixture of ashes from this Amazonian root mixed with a special tobacco. It gets blasted up into your nose uh, by the shaman. There's kind of four people up in the front that are giving out hape, so we all take turns. Um, it's the same thing that I used in the combo ceremony from episode one that I talked about. It's been a like a blast of cayenne pepper and acid blasted up into your nasal cavity, um, your eyes are filled with tears for half a second, and you just want to scream out "fuck." But the shaman would like that, so you just clam up and weep a thousand deaths internally.
0: But like a uh, COVID test, <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, and you wouldn't like it because we all use the same pipe, we all oh, share around, so no it goes way. into both I nostrils. My and own
0: pipe. <laughs> Which pipe would you choose from <laughs> yeah, your? Yeah, from my extensive
1: yeah. collection. <laughs> Probably like a serial killer, you have a big metal case in your are and you open it up, and steam comes out, and there's like this whole selection of mm. pipes in there. I know your style. <laughs> so, after this initial shock, you know, um, it, it resets your mind and grounds you. Um, and it really helps you to, to concentrate because everything that can happen, it, there's just nothing else going on in your mind. And they say it's this resetting of your mind is very important, but like, it seems to me like you could do the exact same thing if you just hit your finger with a hammer, you know, that's all you can think about. Or like maybe like a paper cut, if they had like one shaman with a special cushion where they just hand out paper cuts and another one where they hit your finger with a hammer. Maybe another where like they give you a chocolate chip cookie, but surprise, it's a raisin oatmeal cookie and your disappointment's like so extreme, you can't think of anything else. These are all just brainstorming ideas in case I become a shaman. Okay, oh my Okay. so this time on Hoppe, I got a bit of a high as I returned to my little nest. I'm a pretty good meditator. Um, and by this time, uh, just breathing in my head felt very clear and a buzzing while my whole body was grounded. It was really a nice new feeling, super pleasant. Uh, it may be a bit unsettling because I had not felt it like this before, but it was pleasant all around. Um, so let me back up a little, talk about the ceremony of the shaman. Every ayahuasca ceremony will be different based on the shaman and based on the schedule of events so as i talk about mine starting with hape and going to ayahuasca medicine and the music and whatnot if you do it yours might be different for sure it's best to go in with no expectations if possible besides even for veterans that have done this many times there's someone in the room that had done it like over 30 times um, there's a lot of variances uh, with experiences and with every ceremony So, our shaman, Excalibro, was a really cool dude. Uh, I could tell right away that this guy knew what he was doing. Um, I don't know why, as this was my first ayahuasca, but I definitely got a good sense from him. Uh, Being a man of science, I'm (laughs) I'm very skeptical about anyone that claims to be a healer or whatever. Like, people that can talk to dead relatives, I think they're often preying on innocent minds. You know, some people will believe in anything. They say that if you don't believe in yourself, you'll believe in anything. Mm Um, so the shaman, uh, laid out the game plan for everyone. Uh, we got a big thing that looked like a ceremonial dagger made out of wood and we started passing it around the room to introduce ourselves and talk about our intentions. Uh, that was nice. A lot of people had similar intentions. I mentioned mind already. Uh, but one of the other major groupings of other people's intentions was about dealing with trauma. Uh, this included anything from childhood trauma to trauma later in their lives sometimes even dealing with trauma that's inherited from ancestors or birth. Um, There's a thought that this kind of trauma does pass down through families. I'm fairly convinced this is actually quite true. Uh, Some of the most healed uh, and together people I've met have done a lot of work to backtrack through their ancestors and heal things. I know it sounds a bit woo-woo. But if you ever do ayahuasca, there's definitely something to it. And I'll reference a crazy science experiment with rats and ancestors later. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. So after we say all our intentions, we move into the part where the shaman says the rules of engagement. Um, He says it in a very nice way, but a very stern way. About 10 of the 30 people in the room had never done ayahuasca before. So the rules were mostly for them, but also a gentle reminder to others who have either a lot or a little experience. Uh, the primary rule is that you are alone. This journey is for you alone. Your neighbor is not there to help you through. The shamans are there if anything gets too hairy. But it's made clear that even though you're in a room full of 30 people, you're alone. You are not to talk to your neighbor, uh, which would be hard for me because I often have hilarious internal dialogue full of <laughs> observations that I like to share with friendly, giggly people beside me. But I agree to bite my tongue. And everyone has to give the audio indication of, yes, we agree. Uh, you're not allowed to touch anyone. Even if they're beside you, bawling, crying, and shivering, don't offer like a pat on the shoulder or anything. Um, Also, if you're going through something, try to keep it in a closed circle around yourself. Uh, You may be seeing a great comedy, but the person beside you may be going through a funeral. And don't stare at anyone. Uh, You'll see all kinds of stuff happening through the night. Don't stare. Uh, Your answers are inside. Um, and there were other little rules, like, if you have to go to the bathroom, step softly and respectfully and this sort of stuff.
0: What happens if you break the rules? Did they say, like...
1: Well, the shaman will talk to you, you, you know. Would be
0: removed from the situation. Yeah,
1: the shaman would remove you from the situation. Stair. Yeah, right. Because they want people to feel safe and, you know...
0: I would totally stare. It sounds like it would be... yeah. I just don't think I could not stare.
1: Well, actually, I needed a rule of clarification because the shaman was so interesting looking the whole time because he was doing all this crazy <laughs> <Nice> shit <laughs> and he was singing and playing with candles and doing hoppe and he was a really interesting looking dude. I didn't know if we're not allowed to stare at the shaman, but they do, they do the ayahuasca too. Yeah, They're right. part of it. Right. So I did look at him quite a bit, but I found it super interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not in not non-judging kind of way. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, Okay, so now it's time for the ayahuasca medicine. Okay, so it comes from these two roots. He has it all mixed together. He tells us about the source and and the alchemy of it. Um, He knows the trees it came from. He knows the people it came from, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So I'm both excited and nervous. Um, You know that feeling when you're on a roller coaster and the bar comes down and you're locked in? That's kind of the feeling.
0: Anticipation.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm basically first because I am sitting just to the right of the shamans. Um, I don't exactly know the reverent way to sit when I take the ayahuasca. I don't know if I'm supposed to sip it or skull it anyway. I, I roll with it. He pours it into a little cup. He's smoking some kind of special Amazonian tobacco and he blows smoke all over and all over my face. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I drink it down. Uh, what does it taste like? Mm. Are you wondering? Here I, yet?
0: Am, I am wondering. what it tastes. Like.
1: Okay. Well, it doesn't taste like a blueberry Frappuccino from Starbucks. I'll tell you that. Um, I kind of equate it to a mixture of three different things. Don't get too excited about the first word because they are dulled and reversed by the other two. So the first one is sort of a cacao, like a dark cacao without any of the sweetness of chocolate. The second is sort of a maca powder that has a certain textured thickness. And the third, I can only describe as the coup de gras, would be mixing in like some pot roast gravy.
0: Oh, yum, it sounds quite good.
1: It was not. It wasn't? Okay. No. Um, well, that no, didn't make it good. sound quite
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> like a little bit of chocolate and some gravy yeah. and...
1: Yeah. No? No. Nah. Nah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think anyone would say it tastes good. Okay. Um, you unless you're a total masochist. <laughs> so I drank down fast, no problems. I'm quite strong at doing this sort of stuff. Uh, but I can see how some people might have rejected it. I didn't watch everyone else take it, but I think most people got it down. Uh, the shaman also suggested we bring up our water bottle to help keep it down. So, I go back to meditate, wait for it to kick in. Uh, maybe 30 or 40 minutes I expect from what I've heard, and that was about right. But while waiting, uh, everyone else is going up one by one, and about person 10, the fire alarm went off <laughs> because there was so much smoke in the room, and it totally ruined the, the vibe. Hole. Yeah. <laughs> So it happened right by the shaman and this other lady that had all these statues and bottles and rattles and masks and stuff. So we quickly had to like rearrange her whole crowded shrine to get the ladder up there to take off the fire alarm. Uh, So, but that was dispensed with rather quickly, much to everyone's pleasure. Um, Oh, I forgot to say something uh, important. I hope you like my storytelling style Right, back up and give you critical information midway through the story. So we arrived about 4 p.m. and fussed around until sunset at 8 and that's when it got started Um, and it goes basically all the way to sunrise Um, so now that everyone had the medicine it was dark outside there were about 15 candles in the room and now that everyone had the medicine he slowly blew them all out and there we were quiet and alone in the dark I wanted to go over and give Sparkles a little hug of support, but I knew that was a no-no.
0: Is this the same Sparkles from a previous story?
1: No, that was Sprinkles. Oh, Sprinkles. That was a totally different guy. Totally different dude. Totally different dude. Yeah. you got to keep your character straight here. Yeah, yeah, true. In this menagerie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I didn't expect the quietness in the darkness, which is something Sparkles and I discussed later. The night had long periods of extended silence, from five minutes up to 20 or 30 minutes at some point. I don't know. Time management is very difficult here and there. So in the darkness, I start hearing things and I hear the elevator. Okay. <clears throat> I'll talk more about the elevator later when we do a DMT episode. But it's this it's something that everybody hears like you're falling down an elevator shaft kind of mixed with the sound of an old modem connecting you know a modem would connect yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then it would speed up and then it's a yeah <laughs> it's a very metallic technological sound which is very unusual right um so then i start to see things i see like the digital face of god I'm, there's these shapes. There's incredible geometry. Um, there's this idea of like uh, machine elves are building this incredible, uh, ever unfolding geometry in front of you. I'm seeing it a little bit through a black haze or a black veil. It's not quite as sharp and bright as pure DMT experiences, but it's still, it's still the same thing. Okay, so you start to hear one person begin to throw up. Okay. It's an undeniable sound, right? Mm. And immediately the shaman starts to sing, right? I think he's waiting for this because I noticed this on the second night too. Um, so that kind of erased what I was seeing and rearranged it into something else, totally profound and interesting I was seeing. Um, so there was a male shaman and his female helper shaman. I don't really know what the official titles of these people are. It's probably all a little loose. But anyway, he had this deep melodic voice and she had this high lilting voice. And they would sing these incredible songs together. It reminded me of Kvothe, uh and and Diane singing in uh, The Name of the Wind. The music was like nothing I've ever heard before. Like, I listen to a lot of music, you know. I think everybody does. And I have stuff I really like, you know, love and adore. And I'm not a musician, but I would like to think I have a really good appreciation for it. But Harriet, that night was like a hundred times better than anything I've ever heard in my life. It was definitely enhanced by the molecules, but I was like, man, this is something. And you're quite alert the whole time while you're hearing it. And you're like, my God, it's so beautiful. So his voice was so crazy deep. It was like this devil in the underworld, like this beautiful devil. And her voice was light and angelic, like a, like a terrible angel. And (laughs) Together, they would like play my brain like it was another instrument. Like They would vibrate it this way and that. The vibration and tenor like matched the frequencies ricocheting around in my head. And the visions and emotions were quite not like anything I've ever felt or experienced. Uh, they were both pleasant and challenging, uh, you know, beautiful and scary. It was the first of many dualities I saw that evening. Mm-hmm. And then there was a black silence again. The medicine was really kicking, kicking in now hello everybody um, i thought you might let to you know this is an advertising free pod This is partially because i don't feel good about taking money and promoting things that i may not actually use or believe in but it's mostly because no company in their right mind would ever advertise on a pod of this nature anyway if you subscribe you'll gain access to not only getting these episodes first you'll get bonus q a podcast and even better get access to my wider world of over 150 videos that explore everything from photography to creativity to philosophy and beyond. You can subscribe for just the cost of a few cups of coffee per month. Come to stuckincustoms.com slash passport and sign up pronto. Pretty new to this, but we already have thousands of happy subscribers, so come join the family. Also, like Sam Harris, if you're just down on your luck or simply can't afford it, contact us at support at and we'll give you a free year-long subscription. I don't want money to get in the way of your education and fun. Um, oh, vomiting. How could I forget that? Uh, so everyone has a bucket and there's already a lot of vomiting going on. Not just a little, a lot. My eyes are closed so I can't really tell who is heaving and who is not but it sounds like half the room. And these got like little effet vomits. These are like screaming, toe-curling expulsions. You know how some people sneeze, and they go like little, and then other people explode. It's like a hurricane in one second. The vomiting was like the second. Oh, yuck. Yeah, I was not feeling the need to vomit. I mean, it sounded like so much fun. I want to join in the fun. Uh, But I wasn't really feeling the need. My tummy was a bit sore, but I didn't feel like throwing up. Um, I have an iron stomach from years of travel and crazy food all around the world. And I know that some people vomit when they hear other people vomit. sounds like you Mm, do. I
0: was going to say, does it not make you want to vomit when you (laughs) hear him vomiting?
1: It's like that scene in Stand By Me. So I, I wonder if that's what caused other people to vomit. Sympathetic vomit? I don't, I don't know what it's called. I've
0: actually got an iron stomach too, Trace. Do you?
1: Yeah. Okay. I presume. Well, we'll see (laughs) when, when you're my tag along for the next ceremony. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, okay. Okay. So now it's another song now. Um, people are singing it. It's just as beautiful and insane as the last one. I was really expecting them like to put on some Spotify Peruvian playlist on the Bluetooth speaker, just hit go. And I didn't expect all the live singing, and that was just uh, incredible. Um, even more crazy, it sounded like half the room knew the words to this song. I guess they've done it a few times, you know. And it wasn't this little simple song like, row, row, row your boat. Uh, (laughs) So complex. It reminded me of going to Catholic school and hearing some of those long prayers in Latin. I didn't recognize a single word, but everyone else in the room seemed to. My eyes were closed, but it was probably only nine or ten people. But the way the medicine was working, it made me feel like I was surrounded by some angelic a cappella group. It was incredibly soothing and confusing all the time. I didn't feel like I was on earth anymore, like swirling up into some alternate reality cosmos. Um, and I was honestly wondering if the boy scouts had installed like this $10 million (laughs) sound system. I'm like, how can they afford that? Uh, then more silence. The shaman asks if anyone wants more medicine, uh, about 70% of the room goes up to get another phony (laughs) pot roast (laughs) gravy flavored ayahuasca. I went up there because I wanted the full Monty. I'm not like a 50% kind of guy. I'm here and I want the full experience. Um, How much did the weekend cost, you might be wondering, Um, just out of of curiosity. It was about 500 US dollars, included a bunk and meals for three nights. The food wasn't fancy or anything, but it was all good and healthy and veggie and made with love. Um, Oh, yeah, back to the ceremony. So (laughs) I'm, I'm feeling really loopy now. Um... It's about the same level of confusion as acid, uh, but I can actually get up and walk around, which you can't do with a full DMT session where you're just passed out on the couch. Uh, that's another story. We'll do that in a future episode. Um, so I'm getting visions. Again, I'm hearing the elevator. I get excited when I hear this because I know I'm sliding into the matrix and there's some parallel universe or the actual universe. I don't know. Uh, this is all happening, happens to me. Sometimes now when I sleep as well, I hear that buzz, that mode connecting I enter some kind of an astral projection or see DMT entities in the middle of the night, although not nearly as intensely as I do with medicine. So I'm getting a few new geometric patterns. Well, they're always new. Uh, and my mind is starting to wander to things that aren't quite right in my life. Um, that's the thing with ayahuasca. You get challenged and you see all the blind spots and all the dumb things you're doing. Uh, you get a good view of your shadow self. Um, you know how you might have a good friend. And, uh, you can clearly see all the mistakes they're making in their (laughs) lives, but they can't see it themselves, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, yeah. So it gives you a fresh perspective. It's like mother ayahuasca gets you and it gets in your face and grabs your shoulders and like shakes you down to your unshakable truth. Um, well, so in my life, look, almost everything is going great. Uh, I'm happy. I have a life full of meaning. I have a happy, healthy family, although it does indeed suck. I'm physically separated from some of them because of COVID. Uh, we all plan on getting together a lot more, uh, but you know, COVID kind of slammed the brace on that. So not being around my little girls over the past year has really been a downer because we have such a wonderful relationship. But well, we'll, we'll all get that fixed soon, uh, but it doesn't mean that waiting has been easy. Uh, and I still have a great relationship with my ex, Tina. Um, so either I'll head over there or they'll come over here to New Zealand. Uh, but yeah, everything else in my life is going well, art company, we have a new uh, fractal company called Machine Elf, which is based on things I saw in the DMT world. Uh, some NFTs. You know what NFTs are? I do not. Non fungible tokens. Does that clarify? No. <laughs> Please okay. elaborate. Uh, that's another. Oh, okay. It's real. It's really cool, though. It's really <laughs> okay. cool. Okay. I'll show you after we're done recording this. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, so, um, I'll t- so right before. COVID hit, I'll tell you another side story that basically feeds into this in a way. So I, I love this, you know, this place down the road, Aroha. Mm-hmm. Have you been? No, oh, I'd love to go. Yeah, you should go. It's great. <laughs> I've been, you're a busy mall, I know. <laughs> you know. You know, um, I'll go one day. It's yeah. on the bucket list. So I've been there maybe five times now and I always learn something. It's a you know, meditation yoga retreat. You can go for five, six, seven days. And... Uh, we did this cacao ceremony there and it was beautiful and like everyone was crying and, um, like I don't, um, I, I do get into this stuff. I'm always a little skeptical, but then I get into it. I'm like, ah, and then, you know, I think one of the things that came out of it is that like, oh, you know, I am deserving of love, you know, which is of course a silly, obvious thing. Everybody is, (laughs) but there's just sort of this realization and I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. You know? And then so, and then immediately after that, COVID came, and I was locked down alone for four months. (laughs) I was like, "God damn it!" I have this beautiful realization. realization." here I am alone, don't have my girls around. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, but anyway, all that has really stuck with me. And so, blah blah blah. I've done a lot of hard work over the last ten years, uh, starting with Burning Man and continuing here. Um, It's not that I'll ever be like a fully complete human or anything, but I keep finding more and more pieces of the puzzle um, in my puzzle or whatever. It's kind of a fun voyage of self-discovery, you know. I mean, you're you're stuck. I figure I'm stuck with this guy for the rest of my life. We might as well get to know each other. (laughs) So parenthetically, a number of other people have donated money to this organization called MAPS, which is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies where they're doing groundbreaking research on how to treat anxiety, depression, PTSD, all sorts of things. And the success rates are like 80, 90%. Um, These are some fantastic studies. I'll put a link down below if you want to see it. Uh, Full disclosure, I also donate to MAPS. Friends that donate to MAPS. And it's really a great uh, organization that uh, complies with my overall goal of spreading consciousness and love around the world. healing so many people that are sick because a lot of these traditional ways of healing like antidepressants and these sorts of things, they just, they just don't work that well. Uh, so anyway, uh, check it out. And also I'll put a link to a video from Dr. Rosalind Watts from Imperial College London. And you can hear her talk about these things in medical terms as well. So just, uh, help you down the rabbit hole. Um, Okay. So now the second batch is kicking in. Um, I start thinking about like current mistakes I'm making either with business or relationships. I see truths and where things could be better. Like for example, maybe I'm being taken advantage of in one area because I'm allowing it, or maybe things are totally balanced in another area. Uh, they could be better balanced and I should address it. Uh, the answers are coming clear and quickly, uh, and they're coming mixed with a bit of self-doubt and self-punishment for not seeing such obvious truths but there's also forgiveness in there for being foolish so it's this wild rich mixture of self-abasement and self-forgiveness nothing is for sure and at the same time there is an undercurrent that none of it matters Uh, i mean sure you fuck up but that's what being a courageous human is Uh, i have no fear so just like i try in this ceremony i try many other things as well So I think when you courageously commit to an idea, you end up getting into spots of trouble here and there, and then you try to find an elegant way out or an elegant way to move on. So all this introspection is right there in your face. It's so wild to see your dad and mom and your ancestors. You see them dying and decaying, and their faces blended to your sister's face and your aunts and your friends in this cartoony way. Everything gets totally contorted. It it decays and people laugh at you for expecting anything is permanent. Uh, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, It suddenly took a dark turn.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I I can see how this would be very scary to a lot of people. Uh, It's kind of scary for me to see these things, but the visions seem to know that I can handle it. There's certainly no escape from it. And this is all in the first part of the ceremony where you do visit the underworld. Um, So most people are going through things like this. Um, and it's enhanced by hearing all these people vomiting because these are sounds of death and decay and violent. <laughs> it's yeah. Um, there's no Are these things it. that
0: you would actually dream about again? Or is it almost like when you, you experience these yeah. things and it's like, you can really only experience these things in that state. Or can you take yeah. it with you now that you've seen it? Well,
1: I remember pretty much everything I saw. It's better than a dream.
0: It doesn't haunt you though? Like no. Like in, in your subconscious when you're like asleep? Or, no, no, I don't
1: see these things when I sleep. And even though a lot of this sounds like a violent dream, it's different than a dream because you remember this stuff. Mm. Even like a, a really intense dream, you kind of Detail fades away over okay. time. Yeah, true. Right. So this is very different because it's much more, because you are awake and you're experiencing a dream while you're awake. So you can file it away, you know. Mm. Um, so my stomach is feeling more and more squeamish. Um, and the, the shaman said that the act of vomiting is not necessarily to get rid of like a poison, like in food poisoning. You know that feeling, right? It's, it's about, you know, 11 p.m. and you're in bed and your stomach's rumbling. And you're like, oh, shit.
0: <laughs> Should, shouldn't have eaten that yeah. old prawn. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And you're like, oh, I don't want to get up and vomit. You're like, I'm just gonna ride it out and let my body take care of it. Mind of mind of it. then like ten minutes later you're like, Oh, I'm gonna go visit the porcelain <laughs> god and pray. And then you feel great. But this is this is a different kind of feeling. And the vomiting is really this is what the shaman explained, it's it's a psychological thing that symbolizes the ejection of something decaying or sick inside of you. Like a, a darkness that no longer serves you or a a Darkness that descended upon you without even your doing, or perhaps even without your knowing.
0: So, just to be cynical, so uh, like, is it is there science in this at all to back up what he said? You know, like, no, because like it could, yeah. it's probably your body literally yeah. rejecting it.
1: No? Well, yes, no, for, for sure. I mean, yeah, it could be. You could say is, it's symbolic of that. Yeah. But like,
0: in all honesty, it's probably like this is a yeah.
1: No, a there's poison. definitely something biological that's causing you to it's not just a pure psych and you're not just the power of suggestion that you might vomit. So you end up vomiting. Hmm. Uh, there could be some, some of that going on, but yeah, your, your stomach doesn't know what this stuff is and kind of wants to get rid of it. Hmm. Um, but then after it's all gone, I mean, basically you're still vomiting. People were making vomiting sounds for like seven eight hours. So yeah. if it was just, just scientific, your body would have gotten rid of it by then. And I definitely know there's a psychological component to it because after vomiting or diarrhea, the visions change and there is a cleansing and this sort of thing. Okay, so um, I don't know if my tummy rumbling was telling me something was in there. It wasn't that I was trying not to vomit, but I was just kind of going with the flow. I probably should have gotten up and done some more hape because people were going up and getting hape throughout and the shamans were giving it to each other. Because that can often shock your system so much that it causes you to vomit. Like, that's what happened when I did the toad poison. Mm. Um, and uh, that definitely caused me to vomit. You know, I, I don't know why I didn't get up. I just really wasn't feeling it. And I actually was even having trouble moving around or even getting up. So the thought of like going all the way over there, 10 <laughs> feet away, it just seemed a bridge too far. Okay, so now it's time for more music. Uh, now it's much more intense. Okay, now it's like battle warrior music. There's drums. <laughs> It's violent. There's yelling. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Because <laughs> I was just laying there. I was in the fetal position on my side with a blanket. Uh, now I sit up. I just barely sit up. So my friend, um who's my Burning Man roommate with Renee, um, he told us about uh, this journey. You know, because he's, I think he's done it probably six or seven times. And while at Burning Man, one of our many nights doing ACID, we went back to the RV and we all lay in this big bed together with our eyes closed. And we listened to one of Yonotis' crazy four-hour tracks. And they take you on this same kind of journey where it gets really dark for a while, right? And in the middle of it, Renee said to change the song because it's getting super dark. And Yonotis like, no, no, it's part of the journey, man. <laughs> and Renee was like, seriously, man, change it. <laughs> I was okay either way. But, but now I, I understand what Yonatus was talking about. This was the dark part, the underworld, and we couldn't leave um oh yes this is another rule you can only leave to go to the bathroom you can't go back to your room or go walk in the forest or to the river to find unicorns you're stuck there until sunrises. And i thinking, oh boy how long will this song go on <laughs> oh, funny. um so i'm getting rather dark visions of warriors and pain and suffering i don't know who it is pain and suffering of the world perhaps there are many times the shaman pops up and says things about healing the world and polluting the world and the persecution of women and and people and the hurting of conscious animals and stuff so the shaman is definitely inserting visions into my hellish dreamscape um and this is the first time i've actually done a molecule experience like with uh, a shaman like this and now i understand the importance of having like a guide that takes you through this it adds so much you're not totally stuck in your own head and he's taking you through so how am i feeling at this point well Um, I'm feeling totally, uh, on board for the ride, but unsettled at the same time. I'm thinking internally while I look at these warrior totems screaming and tearing and ripping fire and violence, I'm thinking like, well, there's something you don't see every day. Sort of a humorous (laughs) way. I deal with stuff with humor, you know, it's like, this is so ridiculous. I can't believe it. I'm also wishing that this super violent music would stop. So they would just, and they would play something really nice and calm, but that's part of the process too it's okay to be annoyed by things or have things that cause you pain and work through them anyway. These are some of the lessons I'm getting. Now it's silent again and I start to go through more thought loops, you know, these rabbit holes in your mind, uh, things I've done wrong and I beat myself up for them. Um, And I'm kind of like physically punching, punching myself and muttering mean things to myself while also tempering that with rubbing my heart and saying, I love you. (laughs) It's it's so crazy. I'm thinking, am I a crazy person? (laughs) Uh I said this is it the end of my mind you know but I know this will end in what just five more hours my <laughs> like, golly okay so another song the shaman jumps up with this giant conch shell something like 2 meters long it looks like those long ones from <laughs> Tibet where they call people to prayer and it's so loud so he stands up and asks us if we can join if you want to this is where they salute in four directions and and uh this sort of thing. I can't stand up. About half the room does, though. Um, I sit up. That's just all I can manage. Uh, then they face the north, and they blast out all the horns and drums. I swear It sounds like there's a 747 landing in the room. <laughs> and the shaman evokes all these words. It's very poetic. Um, this is part is in English. Um, and they repeat it in all the other directions, saying different words and blasting the horn in a very alarming way. I'm listening to everything he's saying, but it's all happening so fast I can barely get by. I'm like lolling side to side and about to keel over the intensity. Um, There's even one guy I heard that like he was in front of it and he's done many of these things and he was getting so much energy that like he fell into this shrine, started, you know, thrashing on the ground. Okay. So.
0: They don't like film these things, do they? No. So they can watch after the fact. No. (laughs) Imagine that. No.
1: Um, So. Finally, uh, the music, the musicians calm down a little bit, and it gets quiet again. I get back on my side in my fetal position, cover myself with my little blinky, and put my head on a little pillow. It's quite uncomfortable physically, spiritually, and emotionally. I feel like crying, but I don't know exactly what about. I toss and turn for a minute, few minutes. I tend to mutter words when I fall asleep, even when I'm not on drugs, usually just when I'm overly tired. I think I exhaust myself from doing too many things. Um, anyway, I feel really unsettled and I don't really have to vomit, but maybe have a little diarrhea part. <laughs> oh, oh no. Yeah.
0: And well, on the bucket.
1: God, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. I've to sitting on a bucket. You guys mind your business for a while. Look away. You don't want to see this. Uh, no. So I didn't do it in the room. It went to the back. So, yeah. So I forgot to mention, people are still vomiting all over the room in their buckets. Uh, some are wild and close. These people are like really in pain. Does
0: anyone empty the buckets for anyone at any point?
1: Well, it's a big bucket. You know. can go empty the bucket How big was your little
0: flower bucket? I wow, that
1: was a 10-gallon bucket. <laughs> all
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: figured that would get me through the evening. Yeah. Fair enough. Little did I know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so... Yeah, it, it's very unusual when you're going through this ceremony and you're get, seeing this beautiful thing in your mind, which you sometimes do see, and then you hear the most violent sound emerging from every corner of the room. So, so somehow I stand up and I amble to the bathroom. I'm thinking maybe I should sit on the toilet or something. I do that and like nothing comes out, even though it feels like it's going to be a hot mess. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I know. I think, man, what the fuck's going on with my body? It's freezing outside. I'm shaking. I stumble back inside and find my little nest and blankie again. My sweet, sweet little nest. <laughs> okay. um, I did end up having diarrhea later, uh, by the way, in case, okay. for those of you wondering. Uh, diarrhea status report complete. Okay, so um, so I'm curled up in this fetal position uh, trying to work through whatever the heck is going on. Um, I feel a tap on my shoulder. and it's my neighbor telling me, the shaman is ready for me uh-oh, am I in trouble again? So, I, uh, can I even stand up? Uh, she asked if I need help going over to the shaman by the fire. I say no, even though I probably did. Uh, so I stumbled over to him. I got in a pillow in front of him at the fire. He began to do this really interesting set of movements that including, included touching different parts of my body and a chant I couldn't quite understand. Uh, like, like the songs, I don't know if it was like Latin or Peruvian or ancient Aramaic, but it was quite beautiful. Um, he was using some special tobacco and blowing it all over my face, the top of my head, my arms. Uh, then he knelt in front of me for what amounted to be the most powerful part of the ceremony. So he looked at me square in the eyes and he locked me in. I, l- I looked back at him too locked him in. It was like this mutual warrior-like stare. Not aggressive, just intense. So then he reached out with one finger and started poking me quite rigidly on the chest. He began saying things in another language. Um, he was so poetic. It was so beautiful. I don't know what he was saying, but man, I got, I, got, I got a sense of what he was saying. So he was stabbing me firmly, not painfully, in the heart with his finger as he said these words that just flowed in this beautiful rhythm. I was watching him, and his face changed to other versions, other faces. It changed into his ancestors, into my ancestors. I saw dozens of faces in his merging and changing. Oh and as he was talking to me, he's giving me information from my ancestors and other elders. He was telling me not to forget, not to forget. We are the same person. Holy cow is a tense. So man, even though I understood what he's saying, I I don't even know if I could put it into words. Um, oh. Yeah.
0: What the messages he was passing on from your ancestors. Yeah. You can't put it into words.
1: Yeah. Well, I often come from this Alan Watts school of thought. And which is not only his school of thought, that we're all, we're all the same person. We just appear to be different people, um, which is kind of an interesting idea mm-hmm. that everyone on earth is you and um, it's just you living in a different time. And then every time you're kind to someone, you're kind to yourself. Every time you're mean to someone, you're mean to yourself. And so when you die, you pop up into a little hinterland and they say, we're sending you back in. This time you're going in as this kind of person. And every time you become more and more conscious until you maybe sublimate. So your mission here is just to become more conscious and loving and spread that around.
0: People have the message though. But...
1: <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's my work in theory. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I like it. So, okay, getting to the ending now. There's more songs. Uh, the female shaman has these beautiful little jingle bells that go over our ears to help us wake up. And I'm thinking, I do not want to wake up. I just, I wasn't asleep. Maybe <laughs> some people have fallen asleep, but I think I wanted to sleep, but you just couldn't because it was too painful. So now it's time for the sharing session where you, I was like, Oh God, I don't <laughs> want to hear a sharing session. I was like, okay, I had low expectations. I had a bad attitude at this point. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, time to hear other people's experiences. (laughs) But I was wrong. It was way more valuable than I thought it would be. Um, Usually I just try to say my bit and get out of the way. Uh, But I had such a crazy, sad, and partially happy experience. I was totally confused. And I had to go first, you know. So this is what I said. Um, I said, it was like being in the middle of this Shakespearean play where you're playing every character and there's comedy and tragedy, maybe more tragedy than comedy, and you're jumping back and forth between all these characters, and it was just unfathomable. Um, So that's my first description of it. And then I said, uh, I said, look, I I don't know what I'm going through, but I'm going through something, you know, which a lot of people laughed at, you know, because they were like, yeah, this stuff resonated with people. And then... I would talk about how I would beat myself up at the same time I'd forgive myself, you know, and I thought that there was this beautiful duality in that. And maybe in seeing this duality, there's some, some wisdom in there. Um, And then last I talked about some of these rabbit holes you go down, you know, you think about your past where you're going down this, you know, this vortex of nihilism and about yourself. And then I quoted my dad who was born in Bowie, Texas, he had this saying, he goes, well, I might not be much, but I'm all I can think about.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh,
1: so then I heard everyone else's, and it was great to hear how everyone else's experience was also all over the show. Um, I'm not supposed to talk about other people's experiences, so I won't. You're only supposed to talk about your own. I don't know if that's an agreed upon rule for this particular ceremony, or if that's a rule for all ceremonies. That's too bad, because I heard some of the craziest stories. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay then i found sparkles and we were allowed to finally touch one another again <laughs> i just can't keep my hands off that sparkles you know uh anyway we met eyes and they were the eyes that you meet like after you and a friend do ayahuasca together uh you know which is just it's how do you describe it i guess it's like if you both survive d-day if you both storm the beach in normandy <laughs> and you meet years later you like look at each other's eyes and just see death in them uh, anyway, we we hugged and I patted his chest. I said, "You made it, man. I'm proud of you, Sparkles." And uh, he said the same thing back. It was very sweet. <laughs> um, there was this understanding of this absolute wildness that overtook us and rolled us around. Uh, then we had a monk like breakfast, and I joined a few friends on the lawn. I tend to gravitate to people that laugh, you know. So we had this little gaggle over there. It's about nine a.m. Uh, we go to sleep. Um, we go back to our bunks, quite zombie-like. I finally fell asleep, but probably only got it in four or five hours and woke up to the next day, which is an off day of integration. So this is a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. So there were two ayahuasca's Friday night and Sunday God, night. Did
0: you do both of them? Yeah. Oh my goodness. You did it all over again. Yeah. Oh, for goodness so sake.
1: <laughs> so we had a, That was fun. Let's do that again. Was it a, oh, it's like, I enjoyed getting that plane crash. Let's have another plane crash tomorrow. Um, so, so the middle day was a rest break. Um, we did some breath work with holotropic breathing. Have you heard of that? No. It's a style of breathing that was created by Stanislav Grof um, after hallucinogens were made illegal in the late 60s. And you actually, you get back to this ecstatic state just through breathing. It's... A little different than Wim Hof breathing, but I'll talk about holotropic breathing in another episode. Um, so w- during this, uh, w- one lady, in the middle of the breathing, she was like bawling and screaming. We were like, whoa. Um, later, uh, when people talked about what happened, she said that she became one of her ancestors and she was burned alive at a stake. She said she started, it started with her smelling of her own burning flesh. Oh my God. Which is the greatest advertisement for holotropic breathing. Oh,
0: my goodness.
1: There could be really good things that happen, too. Yeah.
0: So luck of the draw. Well, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, pretty intense. So the best part of the next day was mostly just random conversations with other participants. I talked to the shaman, too. Um, he told uh, me and Sparkles about the three steps to uh, enlightenment along this path. He said, step one is when someone throws open the doors and shows you the way they show you that there's another natural earth based answer in a way to live your life with consciousness and love. Uh, The second step is when you join a group of participants that are helping you fly, so to speak. that's what we're doing here. You kind of put the wind under each other's wings and have a support network to free your mind and uh, heal all the little tiny bits that might trouble your soul. And the third step is seeking out true masters around the world that can take you to another level. Um, this is maybe a great, not a great analogy, but he he, he used it. I think that's pretty good. Like you might have been using a hammer your whole life, you know, you hammered a thousand nails, and then someone comes along and says, "Oh, if you put your finger on the back of the hammer up here by the head, you'll be like way more accurate." You're like, "Oh, okay. I wish someone had told me that earlier." <laughs> so there's stuff like that that they could do to your soul and things. Uh, so we had a nice dinner with all veggies. I sat with sparkles some new friends. We still spend time talking about the ceremony and all the crazy things that happened to us. Uh, After that, we all got around the campfire outside and sang songs and danced. It was fun. We were all pretty tired. Uh, Went to bed around 11 to rest up for the next day, which was to be a next uh, ayahuasca serving. Sparkles told me that he talked to the shaman on the side, and the shaman smiled big, that we're going to get a much bigger serving the next night. Oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, God, oh, God. No. Okay, so the, the second ayahuasca ceremony is very short, but first... My telling of it's very short. It was just as long. Uh, Let's have a little time out here and talk about who should do ayahuasca. Okay, people ask this. I say, well, that's a tough one. I think it's a bit of a calling. Uh, You should never be, like, peer pressured into it. And also, I can't imagine anyone who's completed a ceremony ever peer pressuring anyone into it. Um, I personally waited about five years until I tried it because I heard about it about five years, maybe longer. Uh, As for the age groups in there, ours ranged from the early 20s all the way into the late 60s with a really good distribution in between. So I remember Beardy McBeardface, Mm -hmm. um, he was actually the husband of one of the shaman's female helpers. And so she had done ayahuasca about a dozen times and he never had. And so Mr. Uh, Beardy McBeardface probably spent a lot of time wondering what was happening with his wife. (laughs) While she was off doing drugs with a bunch of strangers.
0: Oh my gosh, is that why he looked so nervous? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. So he was a little afraid to find out, this was his time, um, when he was giving his intention, he said he was there to support his wife and take the journey for himself, which I thought was lovely. He was like a brave warrior indeed. In fact, this is something the shaman continually repeated to us, that how brave and courageous we were, which is rather true, because it's quite a bold undertaking. So back to the big question, who should take it? Well, in my opinion, I personally think everyone on earth should try it, but only when and if they want to. Uh, I can see how it would benefit absolutely everyone, whether you're perfectly healthy and functional, or that you have the worst part of disorder or trauma, or maybe you're just an average person that has to deal with average stresses and anxieties in life, but they have to be ready for it and it has to be their choice. All right, so session two, Um, you have to come with a new intention. And I was having trouble coming up with an intention for session two. Um, It occurred to me that my intention for session one to help me have better relationships with my friends and myself uh, ended up having a very different trajectory in the journey, although that was definitely part of it. Um, So I talked to Sparkles around the fire uh, the night before with a group of people about his intentions for session two. The next night, he said his intention was to understand what love is. I told him, hey, Sparkles, I'll show you what love is tonight. <laughs> so I, I told him he better come with a new intention because I was planning on dressing up like Mother Gaia and jumping on him in his bunk to show him the Peruvian style of love. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then while we're in a light lighthearted mood, they asked me what my intention was. And I said my intention was to take the ayahuasca oh. anally. <laughs> I said, I don't know if that's how intentions worked, but I'm going to go for it anyway. I was going to have the shaman slam it up into my butt with one of those hoppe pipes, <laughs> Right. Uh, just to make a big scene of it all. <laughs> I think it would inspire everyone else to do the same thing. I'm a trendsetter. <laughs> also, it goes with my other intentions that I'm not anal retentive at all. And I want to be more anal retentive. <laughs> so my intention was anal retention. Oh my
0: god. Is it taking the person. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh,
1: well, Of course, I say these things to lighten the mood and make people laugh. This is some serious stuff we're going through. And one thing I've learned from all my psychedelic journeys... The universe is actually a very silly place, full of love, and everything is going to be okay. It's really important for people to laugh as we try to navigate this mortal coil, so it's something I enjoy helping with in my own way. Uh, but of course, that was not my actual intention. Uh, I go to bed not sure what it is. Um, I might repeat Sparkle's intention from the first sesh, which was show me what I need to be shown. That worked out really well for him. Um, also, that seems like a less specific ask, and maybe that's better, I don't know. Um, sometimes it occurs to me that asking a good question is more important than a good answer. So yeah, asking a good question when you only have one chance is a big responsibility. It's almost like seeing a genie and you only get three wishes, you know, you better do some prep. So I went most of the day, not knowing my planned intention. Um, in the afternoon we had an ancestors workshop. Yeah, pretty hoopy woo woo. You know, um, I'll try anything. I'm not judgy. I try not to be judgy. (laughs) For example, the breath work did nothing for me, but, uh, but maybe this would, uh, so the guy leading it was a man of science. So that helped me a little bit because he talked about the epigenetics of remembered stimuli. Uh, for example, is it really possible that a dramatic event experienced by a parent get pat gets passed to the offspring then to their offspring? The science actually points to this, yes. um, for example, there are experiments on animals where an animal is traumatized with a certain stimulus. That animal has a baby. The baby grows and has another baby. The last one is given the same stimuli and they have the same reaction. So, listen to this crazy experiment with rats. Okay, so they had a rat, a perfectly healthy rat, it already had a baby. And they gave the rat a smell a rat these rats never smelled, which was lemon. Pretty innocuous but strong smell, and they just had a little reaction to it. And then a few seconds later, they electrocuted the rat and killed it. okay oh. so they let the they let the baby rat grow up and have babies of his own. and then so the grand rat baby, they made him smell a, uh a lemon, and he jumped back, fearing for his life.
0: Hmm.
1: Weird, huh? So they've done the same kind of thing even with fruit flies. They can do fruit flies better because they have shorter gestation periods. And they've seen the same kind of results in 15 generations of fruit flies. So I do believe in this sort of thing. You read about similar things. If you read Eckhart Tolle books and other writers who talk about inherited pain bodies. Um, so I won't go into the details of what happened during the ancestor ceremony. I'll save that for another podcast. Um, but it was really surprising how it snuck up on me. And I cried quite a bit, actually, like really wept, um, So anyway, it occurred to me that I could have my intention to be to have my uh, ancestors help me out a little bit, to ask for their help. There's this idea that your ancestors are always around, but they kind of have to be invited to help you, you know. It's kind of like to invite a vampire to come into your home, but hopefully it's less (laughs) vampiric, less lupine. Um, So that was my intention for the night, um, to have my ancestors guide me a bit, you know, I feel like I'm the captain of this ship in uncharted waters. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. I could use a little help. Toss me a bone, guys. So um, I won't go into all the details of the second night, but it was another long night. didn't purge. Um, I was going to go get hope, but I couldn't even get up to do it. Uh, I knew that would force me to vomit. Uh, there was more diarrhea, though, which I think is kind <laughs> of the same for me. You
0: must have a uh, fast metabolism. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, in fact, I take a break to go to the bathroom. I just ate a dozen donuts five minutes ago. It just runs right through me. Uh, okay, so uh, it was still a different experience. There were new songs, uh, and then we went around and talked about what happened. And uh, I always—I didn't mean it. It was kind of funny though. We're talking about intentions, and I said, you know, the road to hell is ba- paved with the best of intentions. <laughs> Man, it was another hellish night. And so, about my ancestors, I was like, seeing a ghoul version of my mom dying and decaying, I was like, that's not helping me out, out much, ancestors. That's not help. Not very <laughs> Is helpful. That you saw. Yeah, and I saw Is all my other ancestors alive? dying. Yeah, she's still alive. <laughs> well, I, was like, I should call and check. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, what? Yeah.
0: How's that helping you never get your yeah. ship?
1: <laughs> no, my, my dad was there, actually. My dad's dead. And, uh,. But he was there with me for part of the night singing and his presence was there. It was really cool. You know. He was proud of me and loved me and vice versa. So we had a good relationship. Mm. Um, but man, it's cool just to, just to have him there. And like, I was like, what am I doing, guys? Is this all right? And they're like, Trey, you're doing awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, we're, we're watching everything. We're, we're along for the ride with you. This is great stuff. Keep doing what you're doing. So hearing that kind of motivation from your ancestors uh, is really nice. You know, um, and so again, like I, I came to terms with this duality through the night. Like I'm having these beautiful thoughts, hearing beautiful things, while I'm hearing this violent dragon vomiting <laughs> beside me. Uh, there's always many things happening at once. You know, good and bad, and that's okay. Um. Yeah. So even I spent more time going down shame spirals and then lifting myself back up with the music and and. Everything's going to be okay, and forgiveness, and beauty, and just clarity, and man, the whole thing was just transcendent. I hope. Um,
0: so was it? Well, what smaller? did you
1: what did you think of the whole thing?
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just, I sort of, yeah, like felt like I went along on the ride with you there. <laughs> Wait, but sorry, I didn't say much in that second half because it's just like so un- unbelievable. well I mean, it's
1: believable. Yeah. But-
0: yeah that's that's really interesting um what's Hitler got to do with it
1: okay oh (laughs) funny thing let's bring it full circle uh well so if Hitler had actually gone to this boy scout camp and then ayahuasca then he probably would have done all that other bad stuff and he just would have chilled the fuck out (laughs) that's what I think possibly and also since Hitler is like an obviously high achieving type a kind of guy
0: (laughs) I don't know if high achieving is the right term it's just
1: personality trait but I'm but if he had tried ayahuasca, he probably would have become so interested that he would have become a shaman himself. Can you imagine going through your first ayahuasca and the shaman is Hitler? Man, that would be interesting. These are the things I think about here. Yet.
0: Except you wouldn't know who he was because he wouldn't have gone down that road.
1: You could probably tell from the little mustache. <laughs> that has a little bit of vomit in yeah, there. Yeah, that would have been a giveaway.
0: <laughs> oh, <yuck. laughs> Yeah. No, that's very, very interesting.
1: Yeah, I should have made you hold a bucket during this yeah. whole podcast. I'm sorry.
0: No, it's um, it's quite all right. <laughs> don't need to hold a bucket, but yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I'm so like, yeah, it's just so out of my realm of the everyday. <laughs> but, <laughs> just like, wow.
1: Yeah. An Why did it
0: take you five years to d- decide you wanted to do it, or longer?
1: Oh, well, I'm. Part of it is availability it's hard to get and it wasn 't like I was going to go right away as soon as I heard about it, but I was actually ready a couple of years ago um, and um, part of it too is that it's frightening because um, you hear these stories um, from people and you're like do I real do I really need to spend multiple nights of vomiting and in the underworld to get to know myself better but then again I've heard so many beautiful stories um, the man, they're just incredible stories. In fact, if you read um, Michael Poland's How to Change Your Mind, he's got great stories in there. There's, there's even, now all of this stuff is anecdotal, of course. Well, that's what stories are. But there was this one woman who had an autoimmune disease. You know, that's when the body attacks itself. And she was like a super fast typist at a law firm or something. And slowly over time, her typing got slower and slower as her body started to seize up. And then she was like bedridden. And this is a, it's a, it's a well-known autoimmune disease. And she went to the best doctors in the world. No one could figure it out. Um, and event- the way these people die is eventually they suffocate mm-hmm. because their diaphragm can't help them breathe anymore because mm-hmm. yes. it's, it's just a terrible, painful death, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she just didn't know what to do. And so a friend suggested ayahuasca. She was like, I'll try anything. And so she went to the ayahuasca ceremony and she um encountered something not dissimilar from Tim Ferriss. She was Korean, and she realized she had repressed that she was she was adopted, and like her dad had like raped her repeatedly mm. like for most of her life, and she shut that down, right, and so her body had been attacking itself, blaming itself, mm. blaming it was her fault. And through the clarity, even though the ayahuasca was very not pleasant, because she had to re-experience this stuff, mm-hmm. and it was right there in her face. And, but she came out of it, she was like, it wasn't my fault. It was a bad situation. He was the bad one. I'm a good person, mm-hmm. worthy of love and all this stuff. And then like months later, she was walking, and she started doing mm-hmm. like running, and she got back to totally normal. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, again, this is just an anecdotal thing. Uh, so you hear these beautiful stories. I've heard so many beautiful stories, um, and I thought, well, you know, and I do know that having all these, because I do think I'm a well high functioning person or whatever, and I know it can take that and enhance you even more, right? Mm-hmm. I'm on a journey to become a better person. Mm. I said, I don't think it's going to hurt me any. No, it's not going to make me go insane. I guess there's a chance it could. But... Is
0: it? Is it? Have people gone insane from doing this? I mean, what's, people, what's the risk?
1: Uh, there is, like, the occasional death, but, <laughs> but, but <laughs> very rare. So it's very rare. If you look at the death? total... I mean, it's just going to happen in the bell curve experiences. What,
0: how does the but occasional death happen? Like, does it
1: uh, I don't know. It? it could be complication. I'm not totally sure. But uh, maybe people shock. do it on their own, and then they, like... Um, do
0: something crazy, like...
1: Yeah, they're just because they're going insane. They're not sure what to do with themselves. Yeah, um, right. uh, But it's, it's, I think, I don't know what the numbers are, but it's probably about the same or safer than like, like deep sea diving or other things that people do. You know, people yeah. die where these things accidents happen. Uh, but mostly it's just incredibly positive and quite safe, especially if you're sort of a healthy uh, person. And uh, I've noticed for me afterwards that i am i was pretty grounded before but i'm like much more grounded and um much more productive mm-hmm. like i'm not just because i'm watching less porn
0: <laughs> you've got three extra hours in your yeah day. uh when did you do this more much more focused like how
1: long ago oh uh, i don't know years ago oh right. yeah so it's I got much reason? more focused yeah so I've only done it twice
0: you've done it twice yeah
1: just those two times
0: oh you mean like in that one session. yeah
1: the back-to-back yeah right yeah
0: and so you wouldn't do it you know how you see said some people have done it like 30 times whatever. I will do it again you will do it yeah
1: again? yeah uh yeah I'm kind of excited to do it again because I think there's always more to learn um I don't know if I'm gonna be one of these people that does it like dozens and dozens of times because the people you hear that, you're like, oh, people get addicted to this kind of thing. And I don't think that's the right terminology. I always think about it. I might have used this analogy before. It's like, if you really love Tokyo and you like Japanese people and Japanese food, well, you want to go to Tokyo dozens of times because every time it's a little bit different. Mm. So you can't really say you're addicted to going to Tokyo. <laughs> uh, right? So it's the same kind of thing because every time you get to see a different facet on the same jewel really of your cool. reality. Mm. That's my little... yeah
0: interesting yeah like it i mean (laughs) i don't i mean i'm not i don't know if i'd do it but
1: it's okay it's a long life never say never i'll slowly break you down (laughs) in my persuasive (laughs) ways
0: (laughs) no it's so fascinating to me and i'm like interested in the i guess this like i'm you say you're a man of science i guess i'm 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 a skeptic naturally and i like to know that things have actual i guess scientific benefit or whatever yeah. But I'm also into, you know, self-improvement and all these things. So, yeah. I mean, like I, say, I never say never, but...
1: Yeah, some of this stuff is just really hard to measure, especially if it's on, like, a um, spiritual level or on a soul level or if you... emotional level. It's it's really hard to measure people's emotions before and after.
0: Yeah, and I guess everyone's um, experience is so different, so it's not like you can yeah. match them against each other. Or...
1: There is... There is uh, increasing science on psychedelics and stuff and yeah. where they, cause you can take these tests before and after experience where you get scored on your test, whether you get scored on, like they ask you, you rank your feelings on something. Uh, like, uh, I don't know. It might be a question like, um, w- when I wake up in the morning, um, one, like I feel great and there's no worries all the way to four, like, I'm I'm self-hating and panicking and thinking about all the things I have to do today, right? Mm-hmm. And so you kind of score yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And they ask you all these questions, and then you come up with a cumulative score mm-hmm. that shows where you are with anxiety and depression or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, so maybe after multiple ketamine treatments or MDMA, MAP stuff or whatever, then you measure them at the yeah. end and the scores go way down. So that's... Probably one of the only ways you can measure it. Because you can't yeah. really hook people up to a CAT scan machine no. and say, like, you're cured. Um, it's just how yeah. you feel. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Harriet, <laughs> for joining me on this wild ride.
0: My pleasure, as always. <laughs> <laughs> it's been good.
1: It's been good. All right. Hey, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, I don't know what the next one is going to be. Uh, I've got some ideas, though. You never know. <laughs> I can promise it's going to be something Harriet's never heard of yeah. and probably will never try. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's one surety in this world.
1: <laughs> yes. Thank you for being the angel on my shoulder, Harriet. No worries. Not that I listen to the angel no. on my shoulder. <laughs> Just nice to know she's there, though. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. I want to thank everyone out there that makes this pod possible. First, I want to thank those of you non-cheapskates that subscribe at stuckandcustoms.com slash passport. You guys are like way better than those other guys. I also want to thank the great Sam Wave for his music and sound. Check out our new fractal company at www.themachineelf.com. There's a dash between the machine and elf. So two dashes there. Last, I want to thank Stu Davidson, my Scottish superman, for doing all the engineering and support. I don't care what everyone else is saying, but I think you're the best, Stu.